You're listening to Those Movie Dudes Presents Collector's Corner. The podcast show where we do a deep dive into our own physical media collections. In this week's episode of Collector's Corner, we watch the Criterion Collection release of the 1977 Japanese film House, directed by Nobuhiko Obayashi. I didn't know we were going to share that much information, but... Mine's on the back. I have a question for you. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, I have a question for you guys. <laughs> What's up? Do you guys yep. remember the first foreign film experience you ever had? Is one pop out? Maybe not the or... first... No, no uh, not necessarily. Just your first experience. It might not have to be maybe the very first ooh. one you watched, or maybe one that kind of changed your thinking of foreign films. Like, does anything stand out to you? I do have one, yes. It was back in 2011, I believe. There was a French film that came out called The Untouchables. And I randomly watched that film and just loved it. I loved the story. I loved the performances. It was one of those movies where I... Because, I mean, I was used to all the mainstream movies. And I had never really watched, you know, movies with subtitles. It it was kind of, you know, I overlooked that. I was too good for it. Um, and then that movie came along and it was one of those movies that made me forget that subtitles were on, on the screen. I was just so engrossed with the story. So that one, I think is the one that stands out the most. I was, I was looking at my top hundred films of the past decade. I'm like, there's gotta be a foreign film on here. There isn't. Um, <laughs> but not even, Canadian. Oh, actually, no, there is. And it, there is one. And this is the one movie that comes to mind. It's, it's blue is the warmest color. It's like, if I can sit there for over three hours and enjoy myself and it's a horror or i'm sorry a foreign film uh yeah you're doing something right in my eyes so uh yeah i, get, I think that's really the one that uh stayed in my mind yeah cool. blue is the warmest color foreign films a lot of good stuff out there awesome yeah mine i think is this was the first time that i recognized that i was watching a foreign film is because i bought a dvd cop this was way back in the day back when i was buying dvds um of the orphanage Guillermo del Toro oh, yeah. produced a yep. uh, Spanish movie. And I, when I watched it, I'm thinking, did I buy a Spanish copy of this movie? Like, am I that stupid? <laughs> that I'm like, oh, there has to be an American version. Nope, that's how it was meant to be seen. But that's where I was kind of first introduced to subtitles because I was completely lost at first. I'm like, oh, God, this is in Spanish. I was panicking. I'm like, I can't focus. Like, this is not English. I'm so yeah. uncultured, but it ended up being a really good twisty little horror thriller. So, yeah, The Orphanage kind of stands out for me as one of those first that ones. That is a great but then, movie. But uh, foreign films have definitely played an impact on me, and I'm glad that we're able to uh, to explore some of these, especially with those movie dudes and whatnot. So it's kind of cool. It, it, it opens I up a new world. I probably would not be exploring them if it wasn't for those movie dudes here so uh if you are anything like me hopefully we give you guys some suggestions and if you relate with the movies i like and i actually enjoy these foreign films then uh you know maybe expand your horizons a little bit but i guess that's a good little uh physical transaction transaction transition transition thank you mainstream boy hi this is uh, episode seven of Collector's Corner, everybody. Welcome. Thank you, Spencer and Jonathan, for being here again and making this show less boring. This is Collector's Corner, episode seven, new weekly podcast show where we t- take a deep dive into our physical media collections and we just stick our hands down in the bottom of the barrel and we 
pick out whatever thing comes out last what week it seems like this week and they hit, yeah so. <laughs> and it, it kind of is but yeah. uh previous episode episode six jonathan picked the denis villeneuve uh space oh, drama yeah. uh arrival which you guys should listen to it. it it was we talked a lot of good things about it but very in-depth this week it was my choice and i wanted to torture john <laughs> Why and I, I done to deserve this? Does the truth come out? <laughs> come on! No, I that's didn't. Literally, I, what it felt like a little bit. It, kind of like that's always in the I back of my mind. At one point. <laughs> Why I'll be honest with you. Him. What did he do to deserve this? I still John, really had wanted to see it though. John, yeah. our relationship's unique. I, I have to keep it. I have to keep it interesting. That's fair. That's fair. But the but the film that I chose was is another. Criterion Collection film. Um, it is spine number 539, and it is the 1977 Ooh. Japanese film called House. 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 Yeah, and it's, House. oh, that's, oh, that's the best. Like when you're watching this movie it. and that just happens, you're just like, oh God, what am I getting into? But <laughs> it was, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this, no, no, it's okay. This movie is really weird. Um, but this film was directed by, Nobu Hiko Obayashi um, has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 4.0 on Letterboxd and a 7.4 on IMDb. Um, and it's kind of a fantasy horror smorgasbord of weird. I can't even think of the words to explain it, but just watch did, it and you'll come up with something like, for yourself. What, what, like, Spencer, what did you think uh, going into this? Like, what did you know about House? Uh, I remember you talking about it. I remember you buying the Blu-ray of this and or the Criterion of it and you watching it being like, I don't really know how I feel and I got to rewatch it. And I believe you did a couple of times and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's wacky. It's crazy. A girl gets eaten by a piano. You got to see it at some point. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm down to see it. Like I don't. That's all I really knew about it going in. And I remember also watching those like Criterion uh, closet videos where they have mm-hmm. uh, celebrities talk about movies. And Bill Hader like pulls out a uh, house off the shelf, and he's like, "House, I love this movie so much." Like, he, can you tell? And he unzips his fucking sweatshirt and he like, reveals he's wearing a house T-shirt. I'm like, "Whoa, what the <laughs> fuck?" So this movie really has a cult following. So ever since then, I've been always curious to check it out. Uh, very happy that it was on HBO Max. So yeah, I mean that's all I really knew about it going into it. Okay, well let's let's swing the pendulum over to Johnny Boy's <laughs> side, Mister Kissing Booth Two in Euphoria. Hey, man, let's on. see you what gotta, you got appeal to all audiences here, and that's why we're exploring House this week. This was um, like the Euphoria <laughs> in Japan, 1977. I guess you could say that in a way. I mean, in terms of the the. The, the acting talent is on a different level, but uh, we do have, you know, six girls here. Yeah, I didn't know anything about this movie. I just knew that it's a haunted house, haunted, haunted house flick with some girls going away to summer camp. That's really all I knew. And you basically were just like, you might want to be inebriated to get through this one. I think I maybe had a beer and I just sat down and and did my best with it. But <laughs> yeah, I, I knew nothing going in, um, but I just knew it was going to be unorthodox, really weird and foreign. So uh here we go. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, for those of you listening that don't know what house is about, it's... Is that my house? Shit, man. Hopefully everything's all right. <laughs> this is what he gets for talking about this movie. It's a dangerous it's not, game. It's not beeping it. anymore. So, I mean... No, it's not. I mean, it's okay. It's still Usually what I would do at, at my house is just rip the batteries out. That's how you make it stop. So Mike's heart finally makes a seltzer. Oh, Okay. 
Hey, Spencer. Hello. Oh. Oh, my God. What's, ha- what's happening? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. My head is ringing. Oh, I bet. God, it must have so been so loud. loud, dude. Thank you for muting. No, <laughs> no. I went downstairs, and there was smoke everywhere. I was like, what? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is- um. But for those of you listening who have never seen House before, um, it's basically about these seven teenage girls that their summer plans don't quite go as they planned, and uh, they decide to go to the one of the the main girls' aunt's house in summer vacation. Exactly, it is gorgeous. So from the opening shot, it says that it's a movie. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. He's like, by the way, this is not another commercial. I have made a film this time. <laughs> it is called House. House, 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 House. It's not called House. Road House. It's house. called House. House. <laughs> it's as if the house is talking in a very monotone voice. House. But yeah, it, like this movie was basically, it was made with no real actors other than the lead girl who plays Gorgeous. Her name is Kimiko Ikigami. Such cool she, name, man. Yeah, she was the only one that had any sort of previous acting jobs, but even then they were still very limited. And this was in the 1970s where a lot of Japan was kind of moving towards the TV phase. That's why this director, he was really big into commercials and he was a big fan of pop art and stuff. So the movie has that obvious look to it. But after the credits started rolling, well you think until the picture keeps going what were your thoughts overall on your first viewing of house anyone feel free house 1977 i again didn't know what i was getting into but this film is genuinely unlike anything i think i've ever seen in terms of a feature-length movie um it definitely just it it doesn't care about what it's doing it's just like I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, and if you enjoy it, cool. If not, too fucking bad. But the effects are wild. The acting is not great. The, the story is, at its at its core, simple, but there is some other interesting stuff going on there if you really want to figure it out and open your mind to it. But yeah, I, my first viewing at, after it was over, I was just like, okay, um, what in the actual fuck was that? <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. all right. <laughs> well... <laughs> And to be honest, I can kind of piggyback off that. I was never bored while watching this movie. I was constantly being like, what the fuck is going on? It was very, very compelling in terms of just like, you've not seen a movie like this. It's so unique in terms of the visual presentation of the film, the acting of the film, the, uh, the editing, the effects. Everything about it is just so different. So it's a bit jarring, but it's kind of surprising how much you kind of just roll with it. And you just are kind of like, all right, what's going to happen next? You want to know what the director said in regards to what he was trying to do with this movie? There's a reason why he stylistically did it the way he did. So how did, So he made very strange creative decisions when he took creative liberties with this film of special effects and the use of the cat and on, on the mattresses and all this stuff. You, there's a reason why he chose these specific things. 
kind of because okay. he he's coming off the history that Japan has had so many famous world directors. Um, two in particular, Kira Kurosawa and Yasujiro Ozu. Um, two that are also very big in the Criterion Collection, very well represented. Obayashi said in an interview he wanted to do something and that would completely disappoint those directors. He did it because he's like, if I just fall into the groove of doing what they did, it won't be special. So he basically did the opposite of everything that those great directors told him to do. And that, for one, goes with no veteran actors, really. There's no uh, Toshiro Mifune, like in Seven Samurai, to like kind of piggyback off of. You just have these kind of seven newcomers that just aren't, you can say it, they aren't the greatest actresses in the world. They did fine. They, I mean... They did. They were but, fine. For the movie, like, the fact that these effects are all insane, the story is so wacky, like, it works. So, like, I mean, it's not like it bothered me that their acting was... Of course not. up not, to par. No. I mean, it, it works in the context of this movie. It's not like it they were... It was fitting. Yeah, it's not like they were trying to create, like, the ti- Titanic or something. <laughs> like, yeah, of course no, it, it, it was fine. It didn't bother me. So It was better than Titanic. <laughs> right. But, like, yeah, the exactly. stagey uh, <laughs> effects of the film, like, how it all looks like it's all on a soundstage, it was it added to the kind of the fun aesthetic that the movie was going for, and uh, they, when they were able to basically have the house on leash and could, like, consume the girls with just, like, absurd, unorthodox objects like a lamp, uh, a mm-hmm. piano, uh, what else happens? A severed um, head, well, in a way. Uh, well, technically a watermelon a well. well. Yeah, yeah. You just watermelon see floating happen. head that bites, like, a, a girl in the ass. The, ma- like, the mattresses. <laughs> the mattresses. Yeah, yeah. So those like, were wait, those were all directly from his daughter. He goes, okay. "What would be yeah. scary to you?" And the first thing she said was, "If my reflection in the mirror came out and attacked me." Yeah, and then a bunch of different ones. Like I had a dream that all of a sudden my mattress just started falling on me, and I couldn't do anything about it. Like all of these little things. And then as the movie's going. They kind of hint at how each one of them will eventually fall. Like they talk about, oh my God, Mac, you're as big as a watermelon. You're as round as a watermelon. (laughs) Um, Gorgeous. Loves looking in the mirror because she's gorgeous. That's how she's going to fall. So there's like a bunch of little connections here and there. Melody. Eventually devoured by a piano. So Exactly. Exactly. And they all have very cookie cutter cliche representations of characters. So like, and even with their names oh, especially, dude, like that scene in the beginning when it has the yep, introduction the to all of them, and it, like it goes down the line, <laughs> and they're like, "She's Mac because she can't stop eating, and when she's not eating, she like still thinks about eating." And then Kung Fu, mm-hmm. she just gets up and just karate chops a ball. <laughs> like exactly, and and, that, okay. and that's a it's this like awesome. this it, from her first like this is a movie. These are our characters. Let's fucking yeah. go like that. It, it's so self-aware and just has has fun with it and yeah it's uh, it's also pretty this, wild the random like little like stop motion scene of like the 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 boyfriend like falling down the stairs and like getting stuck with in a bucket. bucket and then like oh my stuck, god just, like, it literally does turn in, like, into sesame streets. street for a second like i didn't i actually thought that when the with the initial Flips. kind of jib shot it legitimately looks like the opening of sesame street yeah he just burst so, out of his apartment onto the roof what the, hell? <laughs> the thing that i did <laughs> like about so the thing that i did like about those little scenes though is it it, it almost helps you remember 
oh, you're watching a movie. Everything else that's happening at the house is all this big fantasy. And then you cut back and you see Mr. Togo sitting there, the most grossest person eating noodles. Like, I've never been more like, ugh, I don't want to eat ramen because of how they just sat there and slurp, 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 slurp. I'm like, is this necessary? Just cut to the girls being eaten by a piano. Like, that's all I want. It it was jarring when they made those random uh, cuts out of the house. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there was the one where I think it was fantasy was mm-hmm. the one that's like obsessed with Mr. Togo. Yeah. And she has this weird like fantasy of him and, it, and then oh, it, and the it's back. Yeah. With the horse back, like, I'm like, what? Wait, what in the fuck? I'm already I'm already losing my mind watching this. Now we're over here and then he's eating noodles. And it's just like. I think that's what? what I've come to the conclusion <laughs> with this movie is that it, it like Nate, how many times have you seen this? I think this was my third time officially okay. from beginning to end. And I totally get when you first saw it, how you're like, I got to watch it again, because I, I think it's just one of those movies that's really hard to take in when you first watch it, because it's so jarringly different than anything that you've ever seen. But then again, it's one of those movies that like I've been thinking about since I've watched it. I am curious to yeah, watch it again. <laughs> like I do want to rewatch it, but it's also one of those movies where I mean I'm not saying it's it's like this movie, but like The Room, where it's like it's fun to watch a, t- a movie like that with friends. And like yeah. if you if we were all like in like college or something and put that on, like I bet it would be I'd have a more entertaining time watching it. And I hope maybe we can all do that for this, the rewatch or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first well, time sure. watching it, it was just hard to take in as in like, this is very different. But that being said, it was still like very entertaining. I appreciate the hell out of this movie, what they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I have the same thought because when I was watching it, I'm like, I really wish I wasn't alone right now because there's a lot of things like I know that I'd be laughing at more if like it's you guys were there. Film. So it's yeah, no, absolutely. And like, and I haven't seen The Room because I didn't want to watch it. Alone. I've never seen The Room. I've seen obviously like the the big scenes from it with the, yeah. in the convenience store and on the roof and you know <laughs> cool story mark yeah it's like, so, it's, it is one of those movies though it's like yeah. once you do sit down and watch it from beginning to end you're kind of like all right well i probably could have just watched the clips online and be satisfied <laughs> like i really know absolutely like, i get thing, it but, i get it um uh, yeah th- like this movie it's so strange and it's so out of my comfort zone as a film goer but at the same time I genuinely did appreciate what it was going for with the aesthetic choices and just the weird, strange creativity with it. And after doing a little research on the director and kind of like why he did this movie, it's like, all right, dude, I, I get it. Like, I get what you were going for. I'm glad that you just had fun with it and, and made this film. So I, I can totally understand the cult status behind it. Absolutely, 100%. I think what you were alluding to as well is that uh, this movie was basically their version of Jaws. They saw how successful yeah. Jaws was. <laughs> Uh, and they're like, oh, so we should kind of make our own version of it. And this was his attempt of like, okay, we'll do it. And he even has that homage with the uh, the tin can coming up of the blood water with the girls. With like the the he did uh, do a zolly at one point deep. too with the and like uh, the use of the zolly yeah. too when she's out by the well. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, you, it's fun. It was funny because they looked at Spielberg and Jaws and was just like, they almost looked like it at it like they almost looked down down upon it. When sure. I was reading about it, they were like, oh, we can make something like that. It's just Jaws, and let's get a director who can do it. And this was, like, his first feature. People call it a masterpiece. I don't know if I would necessarily call it that, but it's definitely one that is worthy of the cult status that it's gotten. Do, do you guys have a moment in the film that, like, stuck out to you where you were like, okay, 
I've accepted what this movie is now. Like, yeah. Give me what you got. Uh, one in particular was when uh, Kung Fu was going outside <laughs> to karate chop the wood. And all of a sudden, like, the wood starts attacking her. And she just starts doing flips and, like, kicking the wood back. And then all of a sudden, she jumps out of her skirt. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's this type of movie. And I'm going to roll with it even more. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Johnny that, Boy? That mainstream Boy? That one certainly rings true. I think for me, it it has to be the piano scene, just because you did mention it going in. I was like, "What the fuck?" Okay, um, it was but fun. they it they just go all out with it from her fingers getting bitten off and then just getting completely devoured by this thing. It's just like I've never seen anything like this, and the effects are horrible, but it, like it's and in, it's insanely entertaining. So like I can't rip on it. Like it's one of those movies that like I want to rip on so bad, but like I know I, I can't. <laughs> that's why i picked it so unique and different like (laughs) i can't sit here and be like yeah this fucking sucks dude no because there's so many people out there that obviously genuinely enjoy this film it it is one of those movies though where like if somebody does say it's like yeah i watched house and that's probably one of the worst movies i've ever seen i'd be like sure okay Mm -hmm. i I, Mm -hmm. make sense but if also someone watches house and yeah it's one of my favorite movies also it's like okay yeah i can see it can we talk about the kitty Blanche. I, I didn't i didn't give you my oh sorry it, it doesn't have to do with the cat no it's okay john we can talk about blanche the cat Blan- is it blanche or blanche 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 like the color white blanc like that woman from that movie named blanche what was that film we watched Street that you picked desire yeah i yeah, remember that blanche and that was blanche. like she was just such a such a uh bland name blanche its blanche. eyes are gonna blink always... green at you and all of a sudden yeah, you're gonna man. turn into a pile of bananas wearing a hat did you guys also like your heart break a little inside when the cat broke the camera because that uh, really bothered me a little bit oh no i was fine uh that that camera's fucked even fantasy <laughs> looked at him and was like okay it's okay I'm like um, she was gonna take pictures all summer and now she can't what's she gonna do no. with her life she yeah, can go play with mr togo yeah House. but the the, oh, the scene that House. stood out for me um it had to be the watermelon because that's the moment where it goes from, oh, giddy schoolgirl comedy type thing to, and the music even changes too. When it flies, it's like, dun, 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 dun. For a minute, I'm like, oh God, they're really going there. They're going it's there. It's like the and oh shit moment of the film. Kind of. mm-hmm. it, that's yeah. when you kind of go, oh, that's what this, this movie is going to be. It embraces it. And the fact that they use like six different techniques from live action to soundstage to painted backgrounds to stop motion they even what they slowed the frame rate down in that like one five minute point where it was felt like an old 90s music video you remember what i'm talking about well i'm also thinking of the train scene when it just turns into this like super colorful colorful like cartoony stop motion kind of thing Mm -hmm. oh yeah where the rainbow yeah that's another part in the film where i was just like Okay, we're doing this. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. This is weird. Uh, but like, I'm down. I guess that's just how transition they, yeah. shot. Very interesting <laughs> transition. Yeah. So. That's oh, and also thing. the cat was just on the train when they got there. Mm-hmm. Just chilling. Oh, there you are. Was that? Uh, gorgeous's cat. It was. The cat just shows up in like the window when she writes the letter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, the, so- it's the aunt's cat. It was. She, more she says like, it in the movie. Yeah. The cat trying to right. bring her. To She's it. like. Gorge, uh, send. I'm gonna send Blanche to her, kind of thing, and then you see the letter. Um, okay. Yeah. But the aunt's character was so random. 
but so funny. Like she would just randomly start dancing with the skeleton. Yeah. And then that was another scene. It's like, what? She, she, like she does something and then it's a wide shot, like up from the ceiling and you just see the, the fridge door open and she crawls in and the door shuts <laughs> and the girl drops the plates. I was like the fridge, the fridge, the fridge. I'm like, Oh, no way. No way. But I love how they just went back to that childish music. Even when they're getting eaten. Just dun da da dun 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 da da dun It was like creepy happy. That's up a crap of music. But the composer of this movie was the watermelon dude. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah he was the composer. He also said house. He that was his voice. Oh, that's really his voice. House. Nice. Yeah. House. That's like the most house. iconic thing about this movie, I think, is with his opening. head behind the watermelon. Just I also loved the uh, like the little animation of the house growing when like having like the arms come out too. I'm like, oh, this is yeah. cool. Like that was that was pretty fun. I want the poster. Like not like I love the the poster that they use in the Criterion cover where it's like the orange cat and it says house and everything and this shot's only in the movie like once like for a split second yeah like, towards um, the end right yeah exactly yeah but like the original poster was cool because it had the house with a mouth and it had like a really long red tongue oh that's the one I'm looking and, at right now on IMDb ex- yeah and I would cool. love to get a poster of that or something because that would just look cool actually the it's t-shirt one- that Bill Hader had actually is I, I would wear that it's, pretty cool. it's, it's on the Criterion <laughs> website yeah Oh, oh nice. it's there. Okay. That's cool. I, we could talk about this movie for hours because there's so many different techniques used. Was there something that you saw where you were like, wow, I wasn't expecting that from this movie? I mean, the whole like film. A, well, okay, <laughs> you can, you can yeah. cop out and say that. But <laughs> like, like, John, you said with the piano, like how they made her fingers disappear. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. The, some I, of the techniques were just bizarre. I actually really thought the scene where they completely fill up the house with blood and then they ha- she's like floating on a mattress was actually mm-hmm. pretty cool because I'm like, so what did they have to do? Like, obviously start on a soundstage, but like that must have been so fun to shoot. And I'm saying like <laughs> most of the film must have been like insanely fun because these are like uh, very unexperienced actors and they're doing this just like crazy wild film where they die in the most ridiculous ways. So but that would be a scene that when they just fill up the entire house with this blood and have mattresses everywhere and just do this crazy ass shit. I, I thought that, that was very surprising um, how they okay. did that. But, yeah, there there was wild. one scene that I thought was actually kind of unsettling. It was when she was uh, in the bath and then all of a sudden like hair like came from like behind her and like came up her shoulders and like kind of grabbed her and like almost like the ring creepy kind of like the grudge (laughs) type thing yeah Yeah, that um Mm -hmm. i i thought that scene was gonna go somewhere uh it ultimately didn't that was kind of really all that happened but uh, that was one moment where i was like oh this is a little unsettling a little creepy yeah there's a point in in the scene that john was talking about when they're kind of floating in the blood water and i think it's uh they call her prof but i'm gonna say professor because she was the smart one the one with the glasses and everything um when she dissolves in that water they had a really cool way of doing it they had the actress hang upside down and from the roof of the building that they were in they poured blue paint on her that way it would turn into a blue screen and as the paint went down it dissolved her body so when i heard that in the documentary i was like that's like an that's outside the box like when someone says you need to go outside and just being able to figure something like that out i wouldn't think of that 
like it takes a certain a certain talent just to be able to notice things like that. And maybe that comes from his his commercial career because like you guys said, he did that he's way before this. Always been working on a low budget for all these commercial projects. And then we go mm-hmm. into this film and he's just like, Let's just figure it out and go. <laughs> Dude, crazy it's that with scene it. that behind you because you have a house on in the background, like she's just dancing with a skeleton, she's eating the remains and like mm-hmm. during this whole sequence, I'm like Oh, the scene the scene where uh and I actually I had to watch like a like like that video you sent me spencer um because like the house is eating them right like it's a representation the house is eating them basically sort of, yeah. um and how mac turns into the watermelon and then they're at the dinner table and she's eating the watermelon opens her mouth and there's an eyeball there i didn't mm-hmm. realize at first until until watching that i'm like oh that's actually like a pretty cool way to show that like, the house is eating the mm-hmm. the girls you know what i mean and you so, see it yeah you see it at the opening title when the mouth opens you see an eyeball <laughs> of course like, yeah and oh that, yeah, that's okay. another thing. Is this movie like? And I can understand watching it multiple times. There's a lot of subtle hints, and this movie is more than just like being balls to the wall crazy, trying to do weird stuff. Like, there's actually some pretty interesting and well thought out story going on here, mm-hmm. and subtle hints and whatnot. So, even the the backstory, the exposition to do with the uh, the husband that left to go to World War II, like, there's actually a lot here in terms of mm-hmm. just like backstory and a story that actually makes sense behind all this so like Mm -hmm. you gotta appreciate that you You kind of yeah you kind of forget that the whole reason that gorgeous isn't going on this trip is because her father brought home a woman that wants to become her mother and so that gives her that like distress feeling that she misses her mom so she wants to connect with her by going to her aunt exactly and they do the whole thing with a flashback knowing why the aunt's alone so there is pretty good grounded basis for why things happen. It's just done in the most batshit crazy way possible, and but yeah. in a very positive way. All this craziness leads to, I think, a more, probably the most realistic part in the movie is that ending. Because you kind of see how the entire story story encapsulated into this moment. It makes me wonder... How fucking long did it take that woman to get there? Like, couldn't she have shown up and saved the day? She just shows up right at the end and uh, Gorgeous is already kind of under the spell completely. But it was kind of ominous for all the batshit things that were going on the entire movie. The ending was really kind of tense because you see the aftermath of it and it's just gorgeous. And it just kind of keeps being creepy. Yeah, it it felt like a more realistic movie way of ending a film rather than the bad shit crazy stuff that they're doing for 95% of it. It just seemed more toned down, but it Mm -hmm. it definitely had a... uh... It, it had a it had a tensity to it or it was it was a lot of tension in that final scene i guess with her like slowly opening and closing that door and stuff i don't know john this movie did something to you didn't it you're, a little you're bit having a hard you're having a hard time thinking of words <laughs> that's me every day honestly trying to get my thoughts in order but yeah it definitely makes you think a little bit you know i didn't like mm-hmm. after watching this the first one i was like i don't know what the fuck that was but then as i thought about it more it's like there's something to this there's a um, method to its madness for sure yeah. there is <laughs> there and i'm glad that you is. guys like not having different expectations from either of you but i knowing john and his mainstreamness i wasn't quite sure how he would handle it and i knew spencer had wanted to see this I'm just glad that you guys finally got to experience it because I think I can honestly say this is the most bizarre movie I've ever watched. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. it's definitely yeah. up there. 
definitely up there. So yeah, uh, and I, yeah. I've seen thousands <laughs> of movies, uh, and I, it's like I've never seen a movie like this. So it's like a, you got to give it the credit that it deserves, even if while I was watching it, I wasn't necessarily completely on board, but uh, or like it wasn't hundred percent my cup of tea. But it is one of those movies that if we're all we're ever all together, and Nate, you're like, yeah, got the Criterion Blu-ray of House. You guys want to put it on? I'll be like absolutely let's do it yeah <laughs> like be happy to go back and watch it this awesome. is a movie like i wouldn't watch it by myself but 100 percent, i would watch it with a group of people like definitely yeah. especially after all of us watching it beforehand is there a sequel awesome. there isn't no. okay i thought there was which a I, I, I kind of like that there's no sequel though because it allows it to kind of stand on its own two feet and doesn't need anything else afterwards because i feel like all they would have tried to do is up it up their game which to be yeah. honest i don't think they could do spencer what were your final thoughts on house and a grade house. if you will Roadhouse. um that too uh, i don't want to sound like a broken record but it is unlike anything that i have seen before and i guarantee if you have not seen this movie if you are kind of the mainstream audience if you're a mainstream boy listener and you're listening to this episode and you've not seen or heard of house it might be it might be a little overwhelming for you to take it all in. I would actually recommend reading into this movie before checking it out. It's kind of something yes. that I wish I did because I don't usually do that going into movies. I like to go in pretty blind and not know a thing. But I feel like this is one of those movies where that actually may have benefited me uh, in my enjoyment because it's so different, because it's so unorthodox. But nevertheless, you still get to enjoy it and see it the way other people probably did. And it's one of those movies that has lingered on my mind since I've watched it. So I'd be happy to go back and watch it again, even though, it, like I said, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. And it is one of those movies that like, I, I regret having a rating system because it's like, I don't know what to grade it because it's like, I give didn't it necessarily love it. <laughs> yeah, I can give it watermelons, sure. Just give it watermelons. Um, It'll dumb it, it down f- a little bit. <laughs> the fakest I, I watermelons f- in the world. <laughs> yeah. Right now, as a first-time watch, I'm going to give it uh, three fresh watermelons out of five. Like, it gets, it, it gets it fresh because they... I respect the hell out of it, and I want to see it again. But while I was watching it, I definitely was like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, why am I watching it? Oh, yeah, it's because it's for a podcast, and uh, this is so wacky and different, <laughs> exactly. but it's entertaining. Awesome. Cool. Well, there's three watermelons out of Spencer. Uh, John, how many yeah. uh, stacks of bananas would you give this movie? Man, um, it's been a while since I've had a good. You're asking the hard hitting questions tonight. Yeah, what? that's a tough one, dude. Oh my god, okay. what oh, the shit? Fuck? There's, There's a banana. Right there. <laughs> god damn. Yeah, it's crazy. It's weird. As a mainstream boy, um, I think that I would have liked to know specifically like the director's background and what he was gonna bring to this movie before I watched it. That way, I would have been like sort of prepared for the weird special effects and just craziness that he brings to this. But I did not hate myself, even though the first time viewing, I did not hate myself watching this. It's it's very entertaining. It's weird. It's out there. I'm glad I finally. It's another Criterion film off the list. There were some things that bothered me, but it, again, it's just like it's so unconventional and different that it's hard to rip on a movie like this because it's trying to do all these things. It's not unintentionally bad it's it's just like this is what it is if you don't like it too bad and you know there you go so i'm gonna agree i'm gonna give it three sacks of bananas i think it's a solid uh i'm gonna say it's fresh i, I might go into cardiac arrest that's how shocked i am <laughs> wow yep. i'm, I'm very happy with that Panda express and there you go now it comes <laughs> from the guy that gave uh what is it rashomon one out of five black Orpheus, film that a star out in of five, context like that. with everything else is far superior than house 
Yeah. <laughs> but but hey, um, house, house is uh, different. It's entertaining. And that's what I like about it is the fact that it gives no fucks through everything at us, including the kitchen sink. And it's just one of those movies that I can't help but appreciate the more I watch it because I can just grow to enjoy it for what it is than looking at it as a film, which I kind of love. And so when I originally watched this, I gave it a three out of five. But on this watch, this might be my biggest grade jump. Jumps up to a four and a half. Not quite a five for me, but a solid four and a half just because I was so entertained the entire time. I'm just like, this is an hour and a half of just goofy fun that you don't need to take seriously. And for that, I give it four and a half out of five severed head watermelons. I recommend that you collectors out there get the Criterion edition of it. It's got... Um, Obayashi's short film from 1966 that shows a lot of the different effects that he would use later in-house, um, as well as an awesome documentary from the director and his daughter and his screenwriter and how everything kind of came to play. But yeah, that was uh, that was House. That's got amazing house. special features. Go pick. Yeah, House. House. Um, house. But that was our final thoughts and grades on House 1977. Um, house. And uh, that kind of does it for Episode 7, I think. But moving forward, we need a topic for Episode 8. Oh, um, shit. Mr. Spencer, uh, yeah. did you, we haven't even talked about what possibly could I have no be idea next. What so Spencer's this is chosen. blind to me and John. Like, I'm excited. Had, I've had this picked out for maybe the last five days I've almost watched it, and I haven't uh, been waiting to be in the right mood. But if you look back on the last seven episodes of Collector's Corner, we have uh, revisited a lot of classics, a lot of favorites of ours, a lot of rewatches, and uh, a couple first-time watches. I've had two myself, Passive Glory and House. John, I think you've had two or a couple as well. Most, of almost all of them have been first-time watches. Um, yeah. And Nate, I think they all have been rewatches for you so far. A little different because I don't think any of us has seen this film. This is a blind watch. I bought this oh, movie uh-oh. and I have yet to watch it, but I am very excited to go on this adventure with you guys and the audience as well. If you want to go and watch this, you can. I've heard it's a great film. You got a lot of Oscar love and it is... All that jazz. Bob Fosse, Bob oh. Fosse, uh, Roy Scheider, Jessica Lane. Heard it's one of the best musicals oh. to ever exist. Um, so can't wait to watch that one. It's the Criterion edition of it. I, like I said, I bought this for twenty dollars and have yet to watch it, but it has a lot of cool special features. Um, I don't know really anything about Bob Fosse other than he was a very accomplished choreographer and I guess director. Um, so I'm very stage curious play. to dive into this. Oh, stage play. Yeah, he, director. he was famous for doing like the cabaret stage yes, plays. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I will wait. check out any musical that you guys suggest. Because, oh, I guess he uh, tells his own story know. in this film. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to watch it. All that jazz. But yeah, tune in next week for episode eight, where we watch Spencer's copy of all that jazz. We hope you guys enjoyed our talk. But 
we're those movie dudes. We don't just do Collector's Corner. Spencer, do we do anything else? Are there any other shows that are worth talking about? Yeah, we actually have a show coming out in a couple of days. It is uh, Those Movie Dudes podcast show. It's the show where we watch three critically acclaimed films that we've never seen before, voted on by our Instagram followers. So you can do that by following us at Those Movie Dudes on Instagram and voting in our polls. There's going to be one this weekend. uh, So make sure you go and check that out. But the episode that's going to come out, we're going to be talking about underwater the christian stewart film uh the man who wasn't there it's the film from the cohen brothers and whatever happened to baby jane so those are the films that we'll be watching and discussing for this week's episode of those movie dudes podcast show we yeah, do have oh, another show for oh. those movie du- oh no that's move those movie dudes um oh we do have mainstream boys the show where we grab a big bucket of popcorn ice cold cherry coke maybe some snow caps uh take our pants off put our feet up and watch bella thorne movies we watch the new release films of the week me and spencer and sometimes nate will join us two out of the last 27 episodes he's been there um but yeah if you're into mainstream movies if you like watching new release films coming out on quibi apple tv plus peacock stuff like that if you're into that if you got all those streaming services uh you know head on over to mainstream boys and hear our thoughts on a weekly basis every single monday well uh thank you very much mainstream boy for absolutely fucking nothing um (laughs) uh, but we thank you guys so much for listening and as always we would like you to keep it physical